This episode of the Back of the Bus podcast is brought to you by Cersei Lannister's Beauty Supply Store. For when you want to give them that kiss, they'll never forget. We want to thank you for turning in, however, turning. Uh, <laughs> God damn it. We want to thank you for taunting in to it. Uh, and. Black, you've got something? <laughs> You talking to the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing, wheeling dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun, and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. Now give me two claps and a Ric Flair. Woo! Woo! Whoa, we almost popped our speakers. Welcome to the Back of the Bus podcast, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. We are coming live from our studio in the wetlands of Kendall today. It is pouring over here. This is episode six, or sace as they like to say. Welcome, I am half, he is black. What's up everybody? We want to thank you for listening, uh, however you listen to us, whether it be on iTunes, where you can find us, Google Play, Pocket Cast, Podbean, SoundCloud, however you found us, we want to thank you very much. Remember, rate us, five stars if you love us, five stars if you hate us. Give us a little review. That's Those are always appreciated. If you want to get in direct contact with us, you can hit us up on our email, backofthebusmiami at gmail.com. If you just want to follow along and stay updated on episodes, you can follow us on Instagram, Back of the Bus Podcast. It's a great thing to do. We want to thank you guys for allowing us or giving us the opportunity to do it. All right. So um, if you guys remember last week, we did spend a lot of time on Game of Thrones and uh, had a couple of corrections for you guys. I heard from a couple of people that were upset that I got this wrong. So let me make these corrections real quick. Wait, 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 wait. We have people who were upset that we got things wrong? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Somebody came back at me and was like, why did you say Oberyn twice? Was Did Oberyn have a son named Oberyn? And I was like, no, I fucked that up. So we talked about last week about how in the books, uh, one of the Martells goes to uh, to Marine to try and marry Danny and ends up getting roasted by trying to free her dragons. His name is Quentin Martell. His name is not Oberyn Martell. And then we talked about when uh, Rob Stark tried to take Casterly Rock. We said that was season two. That was actually season three. Wait, 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 wait. Did somebody actually come to us and say, hey, you guys messed this up by saying it was in season two. You're out of canon. Okay, maybe that was just my... Oh, okay, so yeah. it was you. Yeah. You were making up this listener. Yeah. All right, perfect. That's all fine. Right. We can make up listeners all no, the time. No, 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 no. The Martell one, somebody actually did kind of challenge okay. me on that. The Rob Stark one, that was me afterwards. I was like, fuck, I can't believe I said that. Oh, my goodness. All right, yeah, now man. that we got the corrections out of the way. All right, we want to start with one of our favorite segments. Uh, we just kind of go through all the stuff that kind of caught our attention during the week. You know, like we always talk about, a lot of stuff comes through the pipes. You know, the Internet's always full of information, and we like to catch some of these things before they burn up in our segment that we like to call. Ah! Ah! The atmosphere! Awesome. So first on the agenda is the transgender ban from the military that our president decided to initiate. What do you what are your thoughts on that this week? Listen, <laughs> the guy just tweeted out a policy and he was like, sure, this is going to work, everybody. This is what I want. No more trans people in the in the military. And all of his generals were like, say what? And then I started seeing photos of these trans uh, individuals who are in the military. And thank you, oh, by the way. Previously served. Thank oh. you very much for your service. Exactly. Thank you very much for your service. And listen, I don't think you can tell somebody they can't do a job when you, one, can be whooped by them. And two, you deferred your draft when you were, when you were growing up. So uh, 
I don't know where this came from. Like, I feel like he was just sitting there one day and he had way too much Zoloft or whatever the hell he takes up in the up in the, the residence of the White House. And he's just like, I'm going to tweet some scandalous stuff. Let me get super crazy. Yeah, dude. <clears throat> I don't know what, you know, what the politics behind it is. So I saw a lot of commentary on social media and on the on comments on the Yahoo articles where a lot of people's defense for this policy that he's initiated is that transgenderism equals some sort of mental instability. And that kind of upset me for this reason only. The majority of these people who have a problem with homosexuality in general and maybe in transgenderness in specific, uh, they're, you know, the, the Bible thumpers, right? The Christians who believe that there is some kind of disrespect towards God or whatever the fuck it is that they think that's wrong with gay people. And they're supporting this with a scientific argument saying that it's a, it's a mental illness or mental disease. And what I'd like to say to those people is that in any species on our planet, as the population of that species increases in number, there is diverse, there are mutations and diversifications of the species. So maybe 5,000 years ago or whatever it is you believe when humanity started, when there was only a hundred people on earth, yeah, everybody was the same. Now there's fucking 8 billion of us. There's going to be differences and variations. And if we stipulate that heterosexualism is the default setting, then there's going to be variations to that. And there's going to be changes in the population. And some people are going to be homosexual. Some people may be whatever fucking sexual they, they want to be, maybe asexual. There's going to be all kinds of standard deviations to the norm because that's just simple math and simple science. And if you believe in enough science to say that transgenderism is a mental illness, you should believe in enough science to understand that basic principle of human evolution and of spatial evolution. Every species on our planet has undergone some type of mutation since the dawn of time. So the fact that you're having such a hard time wrapping your head around this really confounds me. And that's what I got on that. Yeah, that's a way more in-depth opinion than I had. Mine was just, listen, if they can serve and want to serve, let them serve. Absolutely. No, we're, we're in agreement. I, I don't give a shit where they want to stick their hole into as long as they're willing to stand there and take bullets for us so that we can do dumb shit like this. Thank you. Because every single person, whether they want to admit it or not, owes every person who's ever been in uniform a huge debt. And we really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. All right, next is Steve Bannon versus Scaramucci. I see a little silhouette of a man. Scaramouche, Scaramouche, will you do the bandango? I know this is a topic that is near and dear to your heart. I love the mooch. Love the mooch. Liked his wild, wild west ways. He was a great guy for all 10 days, ten was days. it? So listen, I, I don't really care about this whole Steve Bannon versus the mooch. I do love the fact that he told this. That it was a thing. That it was a thing and he told this reporter, hey, I'm not like Steve Bannon. I'm trying to suck my own dick. And if you know what Steve Bannon looks like, there's no way that guy can do that. And it's just a disturbing image to think about. So thank you for putting that in my head. Yeah. Forever, asshole. Appreciate it. The, the human skin tag can, is going to try to bend down and suck his own penis. Yeah. I mean, hey, listen. If he can, I guess yoga does work. But the mooch... Got himself in some hot water. He got fired yesterday. Nobody saw that coming. I heard he got escorted out of the White House yes. today. He was escorted out of the White House. He he was unsanctimoniously let go. 
I, I can't be sorry for the guy. Uh, his wife apparently filed for divorce when she was eight months pregnant with his pregnant with his child. His wife because had, of his support for the Trump administration, it, I heard. His wife had the child and he wasn't there. And then he texted his wife, "Blessings for our child." Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, he didn't see his kid until four days after the kid was born. Get the fuck out of here, dude. I did not know that. Yes, this guy is on some other level assholeness. But here's the thing that I really miss now, and I'm really upset that he's gone. It means that we're not going to get him in front of the camera. Because the mooch over there, he was going to give you a good pizza pie, right? Like, that guy was all of New York wrapped in all of the New York Italian stereotypes. He was that wrapped into one. He was more New York stereotype than Chris Christie is Italian stereotype. Yeah. That guy was the best. He always had his suit pressed. And you know that he was looking at somebody going, I got a guy who's going to get a guy who's going to put you away for a very long time. Yeah, no, he... What's amazing about it is that he goes on that <clears throat> on that rant and he has that article, you know, to that reporter talking about Steve Bannon sucking his own cock and all this other shit that he said. And what's her face? Uh, Sanders comes out and she's like, oh, you know, well, sometimes he uses colorful language. Oh, Huckabee Sanders? Yeah. The lady who can see both sides of the room yeah. while looking straight down the room? Yeah. What's her puta face? <laughs> so she says... That he uses colorful language and this and that and the other as a defense. And then when they had the press conference about him getting fired, it was the same terminology. It was like, well, the president didn't like his use of colorful language. Really, asshole? Really? The president (laughs) didn't like his use of colorful language? You want to know my little conspiracy about this whole thing? I think Mooch came in. There was one guy who got let go. Then you lost Sean Spicer and Reince Priebus, right? I think they wanted those guys out. And they needed somebody to do it that that, that would be uh, expendable. expendable. And he came in within 10 days. He did it. And they were like, all right, cool. Now let's bring in an adult with the general. He came in and we'll fire him, make the general look big. And then we're going to move on from there. We're is that who it is? Like that, John, that John Kelly? Yeah, John Kelly is, is, a, is a general. So he's a <clears throat> Marine general. Uh, I don't know why, but I trust him. I'm like, all right, let's see what's going to happen now. But I think that's what it was. I think that this was just also some ploy to get out some people that they didn't want. They didn't want like Reince around anymore. They didn't like Sean Spicer. So they bring this guy in and he's able to get everybody out. Job done. Guess what? So just, just, so basically just, Steve Bannon just varused the shit out of all these people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah Steve Bannon is your Varus. Glad to see our country is in such great hands. And speaking of just titanic, epic bags of dicks... Tommy Lauren who is probably the worst person alive outside of everybody who works in the White House I mean I I cannot wrap my head around what an epic douchebag she is so if, if you don't know she's this right wing pundit talking head that Steve Bannon jerks off to watching her get bukkakied by Pepe the Frog memes whatever <laughs> She has done nothing but just trash the Obama administration and support Trump and all his crap. And she did, you know, trash the shit out of Black Lives Matter, saying that they're instigating white genocide and all other dumb shit that she talks about. The other day, she was on a, on a panel with Chelsea Lauren, with Chelsea Handler, Handler, Chelsea Lauren, with Chelsea Handler. And they were talking about, you know, just politics. And it was supposed to be from both sides. This was um, a panel that they do every year. They wanted to try to, you know, get. Everybody from both sides to to give their opinion. And during the panel, she admitted 
that she was still, at 25, still on her parents' health insurance. Which, if you didn't know... Is a provision of Obamacare. And what did she have to say about Obamacare? We are one step closer to sending the Unaffordable Care Act where it belongs, in the sewer with the rest of the swamp rats. Yeah, that's where you belong. I can't even fathom how you are a human being and allowed to breathe the same oxygen the rest of us are allowed to breathe. You, she just does nothing but talk shit and spew hate. And then she's taking advantage of the very policy that she just said belongs in the sewer. She, whatever, dude. That is, that, that, that's not even hypocrisy. At this point, I don't even know what the fucking word is anymore. You know what? She is the prettiest troll in all the troll land. And she's probably really bad in bed, but that's just speculation on my part. But in these days, that's all it takes. So hashtag Tommy Lauren's bad in bed. Next up, we are into the HBO hack. I have no idea what this is. What, what is this? Uh, so apparently HBO got hacked. Okay. Hence the title HBO hack. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so HBO got hacked, which means some things got leaked out. A couple episodes of Ballers are swooling around on the internet. Another show that they... Wait, wait. They're, what, what are they doing on the internet? They're swooling around oh, on the internet. Awesome. Um, Scripts uh the next episode of Game of Thrones have leaked out. Oh, so that's what D was talking about. Okay. Yeah. So people are all freaking out about, oh no, they got hacked. Now we're gonna figure out what happens in Game of Thrones. I know what happens on Game of Thrones because it's already leaked. These hackers have gone and hustled backwards. Congratulations, Buckos. You really went in there. You may have gotten a couple episodes of Dwayne Johnson's The Ballers. Uh look. For what it's worth, I watch the show. It's okay. Like, I get it. But it's I'm not sitting there next to my computer saying, hey, I want to stream these Baller episodes because I can't wait till next week to watch them. Guess what? I can wait till next week to watch Ballers. Yeah, I haven't I haven't caught that show yet. Um, whatever. At the end of the day, they can hack all the shit they want. If you want to find it, you find it. If you don't, you don't. I didn't even know about it. D mentioned it yesterday. He asked me if I, want, if I was interested in reading the script, and I was like, no. And he, then he kind of challenged me. He was like, oh, but you watched the four leaked episodes that came out a few seasons ago. And I think the difference for me, what I told him was, at that time, we were still in book territory. So I already kind of knew spoilers. I already knew everything that was going to happen. Exactly. Right now, we're at a point where every week for me is a surprise. So I'm kind of enjoying that feeling. So that's why I, I don't want to know. All right. And lastly, we have uh, a topic that's always near and dear to my heart. It's uh, wrestling. So... Vince McMahon uh, canceled Talking Smack. Yeah! What? So if you don't know what Talking Smack is, it was a WWE Network exclusive show that aired after SmackDown on Tuesdays. And it was kind of like a like a talk show format. They'd have the the GM and one of one of the reporters on the on the show. And wrestlers who appeared on the show would come in and you know it would help progress their storylines and things of that nature. And it was really popular, and it really kind of gave a renaissance to several people, most notably The Miz. The Miz going on that show, and him and Daniel Bryan going at it back and forth. Daniel Bryan was a GM. Uh, ha- added some element of truthfulness, because Daniel Bryan had been uh, straight-up critical of Miz's wrestling style. and saying that he I, w- I caught that. I, I watched a few episodes. I didn't know what this was, Talking Smack. So I, I watched a few episodes. One of the episodes that I watched was... Where Miz and Daniel Bryan get into it, and Daniel Bryan starts basically calling him soft. Yeah, he calls him a bitch, and you know a lot of that is criticism that the Miz has legitimately received 
throughout his career because he's soft. Yeah, whatever you want to say, you know, he has a he has a great comeback for that which was I'm still working bitch and you're not because I work safe and you got hurt and now you can't wrestle and I'm wrestling here with my hot wife. So Miz may or may not have a point, but that show was a really awesome platform for a lot of the performers who maybe didn't get a lot of mic time on the show to come in and show some personality. Kevin Owens has done a lot of amazing things on that show. I really recommend you go and watch back a few weeks, the last few weeks. Kevin Owens has been great on it. And then Vince pulled the plug. And the reason I thought this was important is there seems to be a, a, a division between Triple H, who's taken more and more of the, of the reins of the company, from Vince, who is his father-in-law. But Vince still gets the final say. And him being a 70-year-old man, I think he's a little bit disconnected with what fans today appreciate and what they're into. And I thought Talking Smack was an awesome platform for these guys. And, you know, it was it was getting pretty good ratings. It had started to dip a little recently, but for the most part, you know, they, they got good ratings on that show. They got a lot of watches. And, you know, he just canceled it for no other reason other than he didn't like it. And I think that's a, a signal that maybe it's time Vince turned over the reins fully over to Hunter and Stephanie. Because uh, I think they, they have a, a more connected vision to, to what we are now as fans as opposed to, you know, what worked 20 years ago, 30 years ago during the Hogan era. But in this particular instance, even geniuses can be wrong. And I think he's wrong for canceling Talking Smack, man. And I would wager that we'll see it back sooner rather than later. All right, grab your book bags, ladies and gentlemen. It's time to get to AP class. We're going to give you something smart, something to think about, something maybe you haven't thought about in a long time or maybe ever. This week, Close to Black's Heart is a subject that he's been dying to talk about since we started doing this podcast. Absolutely. We would get together and do kind of like production meetings of what we were going to talk about and what we were going to go over, and this subject kept coming up. He has got 700 pages written down, and We're not going to go over all 700, don't worry about it. He is... Super excited to tell you about it. All right. So half of you remember back in February, a story broke about Kyrie Irving um, with his belief that the earth was flat. Yes. And his basketball career is flat also. Yeah. Well, we'll get into his basketball career some other time. But, you know, he, he came out and he said that. And a couple other people came out in support. Shaq came out in support of it. Um, Whenever Shaq is your backup to an argument, yeah, and it doesn't involve icy hot, you're in the wrong part of the argument for sure. So I was pretty shocked to hear him say that though, because it's not something I'd heard a lot of people talk about. I didn't mm-hmm. know that it was still a thing. And then I started digging a little deeper, and I realized that there are thousands of people who believe this nonsense, who believe that the Earth is flat. Yes, and there is an entire organization, the International Flat Earth Society. They have a website. If you want to check it out, you can go, you can Google it, and they have their whole explanation for why they believe this. And I kind of just wanted to bring it up to you, kind of share it with you, talk about the who, what, where, when, how this all came about, you know, the history of the flat Earth theory and all that shit, and then kind of get your take on it afterwards and see what you thought, and then maybe we can deconstruct it a little bit. Let's do this. All right. So, starting in the beginning, most of the ancient world believed that the Earth was flat. Uh, leading up to, you know, yes. including... I've yeah. seen those, those those paintings of dragons being at the end of the world and that the dragons are going to come over and they're, they're going to catch you before you fall off. For sure. So the Egyptians believed that for, you know, the... Uh, 
So the Egyptians believed that, the Israelites believed that. Basically, they all had the same theory. The earth was a the disk floating in a vast ocean. Okay. And it was just in floating around in space. Okay. Um, the Israel, Israeli, the Israelites, God damn it, also believed that the sky was a dome and that the sun, moon, and stars were embedded in the dome. Okay. And that underneath the earth was water and then underneath that water is just rocks. That's their model of what they believe the, the flat earth was. That sky with all that crap built into it was called the firmament. Okay. And uh, and that's how I went with them. And the ancient Greeks believed it also right up until the 6th century BC when P- Pythagoras first came out with the, the spherical earth model. And that didn't necessarily take all the way uh, for another 300 years. And then Aristotle came out with his uh, spherical earth model. And that's really when it started to take root in ancient Greece. So after Aristotle, it spread uh, to early Christianity. And the early Christians believed predominantly that the earth was round. There were a couple of notable exceptions, but then their belief was tied into that the earth was round, but it was the center of the universe. Okay, so that everything revolved around, around the, the earth. earth. Right, so it was, a okay. ge- it was a geocentric model of the universe right okay. up until Copernicus. So humans, Ga- humans have basically been self-centered for all of eternity. Since, yeah, since, since day one. From the oh, okay, so it's not a Facebook thing. So when no, people no. say, oh, we're more self-centered because of Facebook, no, 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 absolutely not. So then Copernicus and Galileo helped establish heliocentricity. And then that started to spread right up around the rest of the world. And then China got into the game right around the 17th century when some Jesuit uh, priests mm, or whatever. They were giving off that bootleg, huh? Yeah. They went over there and they started to spread the, the heliocentric model of the, of the universe and the spherical model of the, of the earth in particular. And then that's when it became a widespread belief. So by 17th century AD, pretty much everybody in the world believed that the earth was round. Wait, 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 wait. We are in the 20th century. 21st century. Correct. So by 17 what? 17th century. So about 400 years ago. So for only 400 years, we've thought that we were on a globe. Yeah. Well, the Western world thought it for a lot longer, but then China and the rest of the Eastern world, you know, got on board with it right around that time. So for our human history, we have thought that the world was flat longer than we thought that the world was round. Yes. That is affirmative. Okay. That is affirmative. Go on. All right. So that's pretty much, you know, the when the flat earth belief died. And then that brings us to 1956. In 1956, a dude by the name of Samuel Shenton established the International Flat Earth Society. He was a British dude. Um, I wonder what that, that, that first convention looked like. It was probably just him sitting at a table sipping tea, waiting for other people. And when the waiter comes around to say, sir, do you, do, you, do you want some more time? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got more friends coming. I've got more friends. And just nobody is showing up. Yeah. I, you know, I, I have no idea where he's, excuse me, where he spawned that nonsense. But here it came. He established a society. Uh, in 1971, uh, after his passing, some American dude named Charles Johnson inherited his entire library. It's got to be CJ, man. Always CJ. Always. And uh, he started the the Flat Earth Research Society in California. And, and in Cal, why am I not surprised that it started in California? So that grew to about three thousand members. Okay. And then slowly again started to whittle away and die because you know people realize these people are fucking insane. Then in two thousand and four, another dude named Daniel Shenton, no relation to the original Samuel Shenton, reestablished the Flat Earth Society that we know now. 
Um, there is no actual well, figure. Wait, 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 wait. The Flat Earth Society that you know now. Sure. I don't know anything about the Flat Earth Society. So uh, there's no actual figure for how many people believe into uh, the, our members or whatever. They don't post any of those figures on their website. I checked. Um, I do know that I saw a couple of Instagram accounts that have over 20,000 followers in you know regarding flat yeah earth. but that doesn't mean that those people believe that correct just means that they follow them so that when they put something up they can just troll them correct but you know it's whatever at least there's the word is starting to spread so that's kind of the history of the flat earth society and and the flat earth belief in general okay so now let's get into the quote-unquote science yeah i want to know about the science because listen i have flown and i did not fall off the earth all right. So the reason they say is that you have not fallen off the Earth is that the the Earth again is a is a disc, right? And uh, the Arctic Circle is the center of the disc. Okay. Okay. The borders of the world is Antarctica, which is a hundred and fifty foot high wall of ice. So they believed in the wall from Game of Thrones. Oh my God. And that is what keeps you from falling off the edge of the Earth. Oh my God. So they're the Jon Snows. They're yeah. walking around talking about White Walkers, but their White Walkers is flat Earth, and they're telling you, you've got to believe, and I want your dragon glass. Yeah, so there's a 150-foot-high wall of ice, which is Antarctica, which protects the outer edge. And one of their main arguments for this is that if you look at this symbol of the United Nations, it's a flat Earth wreath with, like, a wreath around it. So that's kind of, they're, they're like, saying that that's the tease, that they're kind of trolling us with that symbol or whatever. So, oh, I get it now. I get it now. So that if you go to Antarctica, that you really won't get anywhere because you can't get out of Antarctica. Right, you can't get past the ice wall. Okay, yeah, but they've 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 traversed Antarctica. Hoax, conspiracy, and hoax. The same way that the the round Earth that they've shown us from space is a hoax. But wait, but wait, but like Anthony Bourdain legit was in Antarctica this past season of his show. Hoax, dude. It's just him photoshopping himself because they've had Photoshop since the moon landing, apparently, and even before that. But let me guess. They don't believe in the moon landing either. No, no, no. Of course not. Because the moon and the sun are both the same size. They are 32 kilometers in diameter. They And they rotate on with the, with, with the Arctic Circle as its axis. They just rotate around it. So you have day and night based on what side of the disk they are on. Because they're, since they're so small, 32 kilometers across, you know, they can't light the whole world at once or whatever. And then for a lunar eclipse, they say that the reason you get a lunar eclipse is because there is an invisible anti-moon. And that is what eclipses the moon um, on days when there is a lunar eclipse. What? Yeah. What? No. No. And but what about, the, what about the solar eclipse? We're all getting ready for the solar eclipse. Don't know. Don't know what to tell you. And then here's the, the as far as how we relate to the universe, they don't believe in gravity. Gravity is, is a myth. They think it's propaganda. The reason why we stay on the ground <laughs> is because the Earth is, is accelerating up through the universe at 32 feet per second. And that G-force is what keeps us all grounded. Apparently, G-force doesn't work on birds. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. All right, yeah. Okay, so, um, no, these people are crazy. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, that's that's the gist of their argument. Um, you know, they, they even like to quote some Einstein. They like to throw some Einstein at you about the, the theory of relativity. I tried to see if there was a way I could break that down without any kind of background of physics knowledge. 
um, essentially. I feel like you, yeah. You, if you would have broken that down, you would have talked way over our audience. Yeah, es- essentially. And by our audience, I mean me. Yeah. So essentially, their argument around the theory of relativity and as how it pertains to this is that the Earth is accelerating upwards, like I said, at thirty-two feet per second, but it could never reach the speed of light because it has mass. And that no particle with mass can ever approach the speed of light. So that's how their argument is framed around why we're, how we are. Oh, I'm sorry. Last little tidbit. Oh, this is going to be good. The force that is propelling us at 32 feet per second. Oh, please tell me it's like a dragon or something. It's called dark energy. Oh, God. These guys. Yeah. So... The whole thing is wrapped in the belief that it's it's a very religiously centered belief that the earth is the center of the universe and God made it flat and the heaven, it's like layered. So above the firmament, above that dome that is the sky, that is where the heavens are located. Okay. So basically we all have to die to figure out if this is right or not wrong? No, just sail to the edge of one sea and see if you see a 150 foot ice wall. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, or just read because Ferdinand Magellan circumnavigated the globe seven hundred years ago. Yeah, but but to to your point that you said, Ferdinand Magellan was a liar. No, 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 no. He circumnavigated a flat globe. Right. So he never went to what we would think is south, which is towards the wall. So if he, even if he sailed, no, the wall. It's so. If, if like, it's a circle, Antarctica is just a big-ass ice border around yeah. the... By the way, by the way, those hand gestures and everything work really it. well on a podcast. I feel you. Well, yeah. I'm doing it for you so that oh. you can see it. Yes. Yeah. Because so, I am less slow. So if it's... <laughs> so if the Earth is like a CD, the Antarctica is just an ice wall around the whole outside border of the CD. What if Earth is like one of those old-school AOL CDs? A thousand free hours. There you go. Or like the MSN, yeah. yeah. Oh, who used MSN? I did, dude. I still uh, have my MSN email address. What? I think that's the more important story than Flat Earth is. Who the hell still uses MSN email address? So listen, when I see somebody who doesn't have a Gmail address, I think one of two things. I have a Gmail address. Either I just you also have an MSN email. Either you are an old person who still uses AOL or AT&T.net, or you are just a person who doesn't give a fuck. And really, really, come on. Do better with your life. Live your best life. For sure. <laughs> what can I tell you? I still got it. Daddy Fat Cat got it. MSN.com. <laughs> I, I've retained oh it God. for that reason. Just you know what? You know what? Purposes. The Society of Flat Earthers all use MSN. They don't, they don't use No, they use, they use net, Gmail. net Zero. <laughs> they use Netscape. They're, st- they're still on dial-up using Net Zero. So that's it, man. I mean, I like I said, I could get into more of the science for you, but I, I didn't understand a lot of it myself. I just found it so incredible that in 2017, there were this number of people, whatever number it is, it's more than one, which is way too many, that cannot accept the simple concept that the Earth is a sphere. And one of the things they say about the eye test is that the fact that you don't see the curvature of the earth yes they've explained this a million times a million different ways since we were fucking 12 but somehow they don't they they can't grasp their head around it so that's where we're at with that man i mean 
I just thought it was fascinating. Uh, I hope you guys. I think it's fascinating. I look honestly. We're gonna make fun of these people, but you know we really shouldn't. They are people too, and clearly they have a debilitating disease that makes <laughs> them feel like the Earth is flat and we are flying on some dark matter. They have mental instability and therefore should not be fit to serve in the military, according to. Exactly. You know what? Donald I wouldn't Trump. be. Su- I wouldn't be surprised if Trump is a flat earther. Yeah, it's possible. Here, this is my only unscientific kind of insight into all of this, right? So the universe, in general, likes to make things in a sphere, <clears throat> right? Atoms, electrons, neutrons, they're all spherical, right? When they use a telescope, whether or not these telescope things are real when they look out into the universe and they look at solar systems and everything, they are spheres. Spherical. Yeah. Look, the moon and the sun that, they, that these people don't believe is really as far away or as big as what they, everyone else says, it's a circle, you know, everything is a circle. Whether or not you want to believe that the Earth is flat or a disk, I mean, the universe is telling you all the time that everything is a yeah, circle. Yeah, one of the first things that you learn is that right angles don't occur in nature. Right angles are a man-made construct, and there's a reason for that. Round is easier to work with and shape and mold, and it's just a more natural shape. So, it, you know, the crazy thing is that Hope that was a little tidbit for you guys. That was uh, your AP class for the day. You know, hit us up. If what do you think about the flat Earth theory? If you're a flat earther, I'd love to hear from you. Email us at the show, uh, back of the bus Miami at gmail.com. Hit us up on Instagram, back of the bus podcast. I mean, if you've got some thoughts, anything that I missed, anything I explained incorrectly that you want me to kind of fix on next week's episode, I'll definitely do that. I, I, I we, we really don't mean to ridicule you. We just have a hard time fathoming that. You know, this is a thing. Yeah, listen, we're going to put on our Instagram page all of those other flat earth people Models. who who put those things out there. We're going to tag you in our upcoming episode when we when we preview this. And we're going to say, hey, listen to what we have to say about flat earth. We need a dialogue. We're not the end all to be all, even though sometimes we should be. But we need a dialogue. We need to understand you. And if you guys want to come on to the show, you're definitely more than welcome to come on to the show. All right. As long as you live in Miami um aren't a creepy person and yeah those are really the two yeah that's pretty much the only requisites we don't we're not picky yeah yeah, yeah. we're not picky actually I like we're pretty picky because we haven't had anybody on the show yet no not a single person so there you go all right so we're gonna get out of ap class let's go to our free period as you guys are probably well aware our free period has been taken over by one specific little doozy Game of Thrones, that's right, episode 3 aired a couple nights ago, so spoiler alert if you haven't watched it. Also, if you haven't watched, what the hell is wrong with you? Yeah, what do you do with your life? Like, come on, man. This is the best show ever. Exactly. Full stop. Exactly. So we're going to go over our big points of the show. The things that we thought uh, were, if you want to catch a really good podcast that goes in-depth, it's like an hour and a half long of just in-depth kind of Game of Thrones episode by episode, check out The Ringer and Binge Mode. They've got a great, great setup that they do. They do a whole hour. It's cool. If you get, that's your thing, go for it. We're just going to get you the things, our thoughts on what we did. We're going to preview what's coming up next. I will not spoil anything, but God damn do I want to. So... The first thing we wanted to talk about was Danny taking L's. Yeah, dude. I, you know, it's crazy because this is it's kind of a, a big topic. So she she took another loss. She she lost. She basically had her forces are scattered. 
So coming off last episode, her navy was was in ruins. She doesn't have access to the troops in Dorne. Now she sends her infantry all the way to Casterly Rock in a in a huge gambit, which didn't pay off because the Lannister forces weren't there. No, they weren't. They had already left. Can we talk about how they got into Casterly Rock? They got in using Tyrion's Hodor. Tyrion had a Hodor. So all of you people wishing that Hodor came back, he sort of did in Tyrion's Hodor. Yeah, he, he lives in us all, and specifically in that spot. And it was great. It was, I mean, on paper, it was such a smart move, right? You, you take away the only place Cersei and Jaime could run to if the siege at King's Landing would have worked. But Jaime outsmarted him. And, you know, there's people tossing around the conspiracies of whether they're getting inside info from someone in Danny's camp. I personally don't buy into that because I don't know who's left that would be doing that. If it's Varys, it's corny. If it's Tyrion, it's worse. The Sand Snakes got captured, Yara got captured, and Olena just died. So who's going to be their inside man that's left in Danny's camp? It's not going to be Missandei or Grey Worm. So there really isn't an inside man candidate to be leaking their, their tactics. I think that their tactics were predictable and they got caught slipping. Absolutely, absolutely. But before Danny took that L, she got to meet somebody that people were dying for her to meet. You stand in the presence of Daenerys Stormborn of House Targaryen, rightful heir to the Iron Throne, rightful queen of the Andals and the First Men, protector of the Seven Kingdoms, the mother of dragons, the Khaleesi of the Great Grass Sea, the Unburnt, the Breaker of Chains. This is Jon Snow. He's king in the north. In the best introduction ever. Ever, dude. Oh my god, he is such... Davos is such a wordsmith, and all he came up with is, this is Jon Snow, he's king of the north. Well, there's really nothing... Listen, if if there's one reason I'm rooting for Danny to lose, is so I never have to hear this entire litany of titles <laughs> ever again. I'm so fucking tired of it, dude. We get it. You had baby dragons. We get it. You were unburnt. Like... Whatever, dude. No one gives a shit about the Andals. Most people don't even know who the fuck the Andals were anymore. Nobody cares. This is Daenerys Targaryen. She's a bad bitch. That's your intro. Like, what? what is the... Whatever. I, well, I think I'm we need to talk about the, the, the more important thing was them meeting. Everyone was excited about them meeting. Um, they really are getting ready for uh, all of this talk of, oh, are they or will, will they or will they not, you know, bang it out. Because incest is something the show doesn't care about. Right. And if they do bang it out, that would be his aunt banging him. Yeah, I mean, whatever. They've established already that the Targaryens are into that shit. And Jamie and Cersei are obviously into that shit. I didn't sense any sexual tension between them in this first meeting. Um, I thought that a lot of it was just about, you know, her trying to be like, yeah, I'm the queen. Bow. And him like, who the fuck are you, dude? I got a zombie guy bearing down my neck. Give me your dragons and give me your dragon glass. So they both approached that meeting with different priorities. Um, I'll tell you what. It went better than I expected. Yeah? I thought... I didn't see that second half coming. Where they go out and talk and everything else. Yeah, I thought that shit... I thought that that first meeting was just going to de-escalate to like... John ends up in chains Mm -hmm. or some crazy shit. Because I knew he wasn't going to acquiesce to her and i knew that she wasn't just gonna be like oh you don't want to bend the knee okay sure you can keep the north 
the biggest kingdom of the seven kingdoms. You can just fucking have it. And yeah, I'll give you anything you want. Sure. Like we just, I, I'm so surprised that it went as well as it did. That only bodes well for the two of them in the long run. Right now, though, she's still taking those L's, and and I think the only re- the only explanation I have for why they've made Tyrion look so stupid because the whole reason why he was such a uh, popular pick to be her hands was because he's so smart. So why they're making him look so foolish is just so that. She's backed into a corner, and John can come in and save the day. I'm guessing. I don't know. Maybe I think that she's gonna get pissed off, and she's gonna, she's going to finally do what she wanted to do in this last episode, where she said she was just gonna take the dragons, go out, and just start murking people and burning them to the ground. Yeah. So there was a lot of emphasis on, in, if you notice, in that conversation when they were like, "Oh, but you can't go out there alone." This and that and the other. So I think they're establishing the groundwork for the who else is gonna ride the other two dragons. Um, okay. Also, she mentioned to John who she named the dragons after. Yes. So, if you didn't catch it, one of them is Viserion, who's named after her brother Viserys, and the other one's Rhaegar, who's named after her brother Rhaegar, Rhaegar Targaryen, who's John's dad. Yes. Spoiler alert. So, I think Viserion's a dragon that dies. We talked about last week how I'm pretty sure a dragon's going to die. I think Viserion's a dragon that dies. You would be correct. <laughs> Speaking of annoying things... How do you know all this? The Three-Eyed Raven taught me. I thought you were the Three-Eyed Raven. I told you it's difficult to explain. <sighs> Is right, Sansa. Bran came back, and you have another Stark in Winterfell. Should be great. But Bran is this now emo kid who is detached from everything he used to be. And he just confuses the shit out of Sansa. And it's just one of these instances where you want to be happy for the show and you want to be happy for the Starks because they took all these L's throughout all seven seasons. And Bran just comes in and he's just like, I am the Three-Eyed Raven and you don't understand. Yeah, you know, I think at at the core of this story is the Starks in general are just bad communicators. Oh, you mean like Bran when he decided to have a heart-to-heart with his sister? I'm sorry for all that's happened to you. I'm sorry it had to happen here, in our home. It was so beautiful that night. Snow falling, just like now. So he gives her this kind of, I know about what happened between you and Ramsay Bolton. I'm not going to come out and say it, but you know, and it, I, I'm not going to be creepy about it. It's okay. It was pretty fucking creepy. Yeah. And you were so beautiful in your white wedding dress. And then he drops that. What the literal fuck, Bran? Yeah. What is wrong with you, you creepster? So, like I said, the Starks in general are just bad comedians. Now I want Bran to take arrows like Rickon took arrows. No, Look, I think that the problem with Bran is that anyone who's been able to download this much information at once is going to have a disassociation with what's real and what's not. So he's got the, the Dr. Manhattan syndrome. Yeah, that's that's a great analogy. He's He's everywhere at once... So he's nowhere. And, okay. And it's difficult for him to relate as a human being, you know, anymore, which is kind of weird because just last season when he maybe Hodor dying was that last straw that could kind of cut his tie, his humanity away. I don't know. Even if that's the case, you just got home. This is your sister. You've got to find a better way to communicate this. And that kind of ties me back to John a little bit, because don't you think that if John was a better communicator, he would have maybe led with or at some point shared the information that hey i've died and i've come back so that 
Danny might understand that he's not fucking crazy. And, you know, that look he gave Davos when Davos was getting into it, it didn't go unnoticed by Danny. I'm curious to see where the show No, Yeah, and she mentioned it later. She's like, oh, did you see what he said when they, you know, I don't know, man. Like, he eventually has to say that he died and came back. Yeah, he's got to tell somebody. And maybe that's her. Maybe, you know, she finds that information in some other way. But I think it's going to be important information as the show plays out in building their relationship. So that relationship has to get built. The one between Bran and Sansa has to get repaired. Mm-hmm. Um, Arya comes back next week, which we'll get into. And then you've got that relationship that has to work out. So you don't know how any of these kind of... It's funny because everyone has been dying and clamoring for the Starks to get back together. For, oh, we need to get them all back. We need to make sure that, you know, they're all back in Winterfell. Let's see what happens. Nobody's really thought to themselves, they've changed. Yeah, they've no. completely changed over the course of these seven seasons that we've had them. And maybe they're not the same. I think we got a hint of that last week. And so I think, you know, we, we've seen them change over the course of time. And people, the audience just doesn't get it. The audience has been clamoring for this kind of reunion the whole time. And they don't understand that these people have changed. Sansa's been raped and put through the ringer with Joffrey and Ramsay. Arya's gone blind. She learned to become a super assassin. Bran, like you said, has downloaded basically the history of Westeros. And future. And future of Westeros. So it's like all of them have changed. They've all grown up. And you kind of want season one to happen where they all come back and they're just like, oh, yeah, you know. No, and I think we can still get that in some way. I think that John is the piece that ties it all together. Because John had a closeness to Arya that he didn't necessarily have with Sansa, right? They've explored that already on this show. And he had a closeness to Bran that, you know, he didn't have with Sansa that maybe Sansa didn't have with Bran. You didn't see a lot of Bran and Sansa interaction back in episode one. No, you didn't. So, and then the only interactions you had with Arya and Sansa were negative. Yeah. So Well, they were sisterly interactions. So, John was the one who was kind of the centerpiece even back in the beginning. So I think once he's back at Winterfell and all these other pieces are there in play, I think you'll see the the glue start to take hold. And then um, they're going to start to come back. Yeah, but for now, it's it's going to be a little complicated. Emotionally, these characters are in such vastly different places that it's going to take some time before they can kind of come together and find that common ground, which ultimately should be what we got to do to stop the... The White Walkers. Yeah, the yeah. White Walkers and the zombie guy. Yeah. Sam and Jorah. Yeah, so here's my little tidbit on that. This grayscale storyline was fucking pointless, I guess, because the first treatment that they tried on it works, and okay, you're great. Yeah, I think this is your this storyline is being rubbed like the Sand Snakes. You're like, okay, listen, we just need to get him back over to Westeros. We need Sam back over to Westeros also because he's gonna have to tell John about the lineage, about his own parentage, because Bran is gonna tell him something too. So he's going to need a little bit of backup on that. You're going to need Jorah to be the kind of guy to... to Because to, what they're doing also is they're showing you how important Jorah is because Tyrion can't do it all. Uh, clearly, some of his, his schemes aren't working, so they're going to have to bring him in because he knows what to do. Right. Yeah, I mean, he's a battle-tested commander. He, you exactly. know, he helped her in, in her previous conquest, even though, really, if you think about it, the move to get the Unsullied was her move, not his. The move to take Yunkai was Dario Naharis' move. You know, we'll see what role Jorah's got to play. A lot of people are speculating because he's a Mormont and the tie between him and little Liana Mormont, you know, what her reaction is going to be to him, how that is going to affect Danny and John's relationship. So we'll see about that. I don't know. I just thought this grayscale thing was stupid. Mm-hmm. It, it didn't, as of right now, it served no purpose. No, none at all. 
it didn't really change anything about Sam's time at the Citadel other than to maybe get him a little bit of respect from the Archmaester. Yeah. But even that didn't last for more than like 10 seconds. And then it was like, all right, bitch. Yeah, start transcribing all of this stuff. Sam's nose for research pays off in the sense of him finding out details about John's parentage, Mm -hmm. which I guess is a good segue to the previews. So next week we have Arya coming home. Yeah, you you do see the shot of her, you know, kind of near to Winterfell. And this, the the part with the with the records around John's lineage is in this last episode there was a line where the maester at Winterfell says that the previous maester kept very detailed notes mm-hmm. and if you saw Littlefinger his little dick got hard as soon as he heard that yeah and next in the preview for next week you see Sansa sitting in front of a bunch of documents what are those documents is that part of that research. What are they handing her? What is she? She looked kind of distressed. What's the decision she's making in that spot? That I think is going to play a big role next week. Apparently, it's going to be a large battle. Danny alluded to it when she was like, "Oh, you know, enough with the clever plans or whatever," and they kind of show a shot of her riding on Drogon. Yeah, you're going to get Danny giving zero fucks. Yeah, just like the Iron Bank came for Cersei, Danny checked her account and she has zero fucks in that bank account, and she's going to just ride out and be like, "Yeah." A lot of the popular belief is that she's going to head for King's Landing. Mm-hmm. I think she's going to attack the caravan that is transporting the gold that Jamie is taking back from High Garden back to King's Landing. And she's just going to roast the entire Lannister army. And what would that be? The Field of Fire. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> you, <I'm> gl- <laughs> why do you walk yourself into these things every time? Yo, it's every not- time. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not a liar. But you're just like, yeah. Yeah, yeah you I figured mean, it out yourself, man. I did. I did. It's you not, figured sorry, it out guys, yourself. Sorry, guys. I'm a fucking genius. What can I tell you? You figured it out. Yes. Feel the fire happens next episode. Awesome. So that's what we're going to get. And I'm pretty excited about that because it's a big step for Danny if that's the case. We'll see how that plays out for her in the long run. But if she does cut off the supply, the, the gold repayment yeah, that, that the Iron a, Bank was expecting, deal. it's going to negatively impact Cersei, which is, will be the first thing since this portion of the war has started that would negatively impact mm-hmm. Cersei because right now she's winning. Yeah. I mean, she's got Danny's forces scattered. She's got a naval captain. She's got some good, you know, loving from Jamie. Yeah. Maybe some good loving coming from your boy Euron when he's putting his finger yeah. in her bum, which was the line of the week. Does she like her finger in the bum? Yeah, it was awesome. So, you know, she she's she's chilling right now. She's got yep. her revenge on the sand snakes. Yep. Um, that was that was that was a dis look, I read that and I was like, oh, okay, cool. She 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 kills the other sand snake by poison. No, 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 no. That was so much worse. Yeah, dude. This is the, to show you how the spoilers are, don't give justice to what actually happens. That was so much worse. And the acting by, by everybody in that room was really yeah, good. Yeah, it was great. So spot on, all of them. Great. Yeah, man. Um, The emotion that they were both able to convey even though they were gagged was, yeah. was, was really spot on. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. Like... I saw that and just the evilness of Cer- and then I think we all forgot after a long time of how evil Cersei can be. Not, She's not really evil. that long. She just blew up like a thousands of people. Yeah, but that was a year and a half episodes. ago. That's true. I guess you know in real time. It's in real time, and but and I think because she gets sometimes will get overshadowed by the Ramses and the Joffreys of the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. And so people forget that she can do some scandalous stuff. Remember, she took that huge step back when she had to go through the Walk of Shame. And it was, it, everyone's like, oh, okay, now Cersei's a little humbled. Well, no, no she's not. Clearly, she's not. You know, it's crazy now that you mention that. And you're absolutely right. So, Joffrey and Tywin 
and then Ramsey have always been posited as the biggest villains on the show at one point or another. Exactly. But if you really think about it, it's Cersei. It Cersei. Yeah, Cersei is the biggest yeah. villain on the show. I mean, Littlefinger is the deep, deep state. He's he's the the manipulator, but she is the yeah. biggest villain on the show. I I will hands down say that she's. The, I don't care who says what. Yeah. She hasn't done as crazy stuff or as disgusting stuff as maybe Ramsey or Joffrey's done, but she has done some gangster stuff. She it has been Capadonna, whatever yeah, you want to call it. Like, she hasn't had their level of sadism, but she's, yes. but she's had her her fair share of just atrocities that she's committed. I, I definitely agree. Exactly. You know what? That's a perfect way to say it. She hasn't, she hasn't committed these sadistic acts, but she's done some crazy... Like, she blew up... The yeah, like, except the Baylor, all all of the nobles that were gathered there, all the priests and religious people that were gathered there. I mean, it was it was a good move, but it was fucked up. Mm-hmm. Um, also fucked up to to wrap up the the week. Lady Olena, R.I.P. Man, R.I.P. To my G. Lady Olena, she went out awesome. Oh man, that scene was so good. She asked, "Will it hurt?" And Jamie looked at her old eyes, and he said, "No." I talked Cersei out of doing the crazy sadistic stuff. And she said, cool, peace, glug, 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 P.S., I, I killed, killed your son. son. <laughs> I mean, that shit was his, another scene where just his facials were. On point. Oh, man, it was so well done. It was so well played. You know, she she nailed it, man. Um, and, you know, that's got far-reaching consequences for, for Danny going forward because, you know, her plan was centered on overwhelming force, and now she doesn't have it. Yeah, almost everybody in Westeros that wanted to back her is now dead. Dead or scattered? Because Grey Worm and the Unsullied aren't dead, but they're No, no, trapped. but I'm talking about the people who were in Westeros, oh, Westeros. Pre, like previous yeah. previous to her getting there. Yeah. They're either all dead or they're scattered. Yeah, the, leader, the leadership of all those forces, because the Dornish forces are still there. There's just nobody to move them. And Highgarden's been decimated, so they're literally not a... Not an issue. Exactly. Um, and, you know, her unsullied are trapped in Casterly Rock. They'd have to march all the way across Westeros, like Jamie said. Mm-hmm. Even if they do make it back for any kind of relevant fighting, how tired, how effective are they going to be? Who knows? Yeah. So, you know, there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of shit left to pack into, the, into these next four hours. Exactly. Um, I'm really excited, man. We'll, we'll check it out. Hey, guys, speaking of checking out, thank you for checking us out. Remember... Follow us, share us with your family and friends. iTunes, you can find us, Back of the Bus. Just look us up. We're on the Google Play. We're on the Pocket Cast. And, you know, we really appreciate the support for those of you who've been tuning in for some time now and uh, all the feedback that we get. Anybody else who wants to drop a line, you can hit us up on Instagram at Back of the Bus Podcast or on the email address at backofthebusmiami at gmail.com. Also, check out our friends, The Nerdos. Their podcast is available up on YouTube. Talk about comics, TV, movies, pop culture in general. Find them on YouTube, like I said, and you can follow their Instagram page at Nerdos. You guys be good. Peace out. Bye. Hey, you very good. See you next time.